You're listening to the Running Around Charlotte podcast, presented by the Novon Health Charlotte Marathon. One day, five events, with a race day distance for every goal and pace. Find out more or register at runcharlotte.com. This week's episode is brought to you by Pinnacle Financial Partners. And here are your hosts for the Running Around Charlotte podcast, Tim Rhodes and DC Lucchese. You could simply describe our next guest as a math teacher who also runs, but that would barely scratch the surface when it comes to Larry Frederick. Sure, he's taught gifted math class for the last 14 years, but before that, he was known to the old school Charlotte runners as the founder and owner of Run For Your Life. Hey, we know that place. And before we he even opened his first store in Charlotte in 1989, Larry was a runner and a a very good runner at that. His hometown paper, the Utica Observer Dispatch, called him one of the best distance runners ever in the Mohawk Valley of New York, citing that in his day he was the most accomplished marathoner ever in Utica's history. Pretty big accomplishment, and now he's a Charlotte guy who's led the running scene for years. Welcome, Larry Frederick, to the Running Around Charlotte podcast. That that seriously doesn't even scratch the surface at, at, at as all you've accomplished in running. So, so welcome and welcome to DC Lucchese as well. Well, thanks Tim. Yeah. Thanks you guys. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, uh, first of all, uh, you know, I, I know so many stories that you've shared with me and kind of an average day for you back in the day was going out and pounding out a 20 mile run at five minute pace. Uh, you and Dave Altieri just beating each other up on the, in the Mohawk Valley. Uh, how much do you get to run nowadays? Well, you know, you know, my, uh, medical history, uh, we always felt like we were safe from any medical issues if we were training for a marathon. Okay. But you know, that's obviously Jim fix, not true. Uh, you know, and we've seen that it's not true over the years. And uh, I had to, uh, have a stint put in my heart. Um, in 2014, I was 98% closed in the main artery of my heart. And you know how that would ever happen running a hundred miles a week for 20 years. And, you know, I've probably almost gone around the earth 10 times. Um, you know, it's hard to, hard to understand, but, you know, also had some issues with my uh, knees and now I have two titanium knees and, uh, probably the last 10 years before that happened, um, starting about 2000, 2000. Well, it was 2000. I was running up Diamond Head trying to run a Honolulu Marathon and uh, ran into my knee coming apart finally. And I, I was a wrestler for 10 years um, in high school and college, you know, and mm -hmm. even in uh, middle school and tore my knee up. You know, a lot of people say, well, you ran a hundred marathons and, you know, it was the running that messed you up. But really, I was just trying to accommodate this issue, this issue I had with torn meniscus from wrestling. Um, so and then I got hit by a car in 69 and bro <laughs> broke my leg off. You know, I had a sound like Dick Beardsley <laughs> definitely broken off. There was like a Joe Theismann injury. You know, I had a double compound fracture of my lower leg. And so all those issues I had been dealing mm -hmm. with, um, I ran all my hundred marathons after that leg break. Um, and after a lot of my knee injuries. So, you know, you just kind of learn to accommodate and I wanted to run. I, I felt good when I was in shape and I would run. So and back to your question, um, 
I'm, I run six to seven days a week and I run for a half hour, but it's, you know, I, I'm on a beta blocker now and, you know, my knees don't hurt. Cool thing. Uh, I don't really, don't really have any discomfort other than mm -hmm. I just can't. It's like when you, you've got an old model T and I, I use that jeeringly to myself um, and you put the gas down and the thing goes, you know, and it doesn't want to, you know, it doesn't really want to take the gas. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened. And I said, I said to my doctor, you know, is this it for me? You know, I can't, I'm never, he said, well, if you want to live, take the beta blocker and deal with, you know, not feeling, I don't, I don't really love to go out running anymore. I kind of do it because I, I know I have to, to stay alive. You know, you, Tim, you know, yeah. uh, both my brothers passed away at 56 yeah. and it was a hereditary issue with the heart. Um, and so running literally run for your life, running, saved my life. Um, I've outlived both my brothers. I'm 72 now. Um, and, you know, I have to attribute it to running. You know. Dang, you're almost as old as Tim. <laughs> <laughs> almost as old as Tim I, feels, I'm sure. Well, I, I, yeah. <laughs> and, and my knees, my knees definitely feel it. Um, but the, uh, you know, I, I always remember back to that time, the December of 2000. And I, I kind of feel like, you know, I'm, I'm 12 years younger than you. And <clears throat> we, we ran together many times. And it, as being 12 years, my senior at, at that stage of life, obviously 12 years is a huge difference in terms of your ability to perform, but you were still running without effort, you know, eight miles at eight minute pace. <clears throat> and then you went to Hawaii in December of 2000 and, uh, things, the, the wheels fell off. Right. And you came back and, uh, 2001. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of the stories you told me is, you know, when nine 11 happened, you were in the hospital and, uh, <clears throat> you were having, I, I think, a, a a fairly major surgery. I think it was knee surgery, but tell us about that story and kind of what was going on in the world. And you woke up and you were in a little bit of fog and <laughs> confused. Yeah. Yeah. I had decided that, you know, after kind of limping the last 13 miles of uh, Honolulu that I really needed to get some more uh, work done on my knee and uh, went, went to my doctor and he said, Oh, sure. So yeah, that morning when the, uh, the towers were hit, I was in surgery. And in fact, my surgeon left the operating uh, area to go find out what the heck was happening. You know, we didn't know, uh, you know, obviously at the time, we didn't know if people were attacking the United States or what. And, and I was freaked out. You know, when I finally came out of recovery, and they started telling me about that, they said I was frantic because my parents live in New York, you know, and they were going to put me at, down in the hospital in a tower. And, and I was like, man, they're taking the towers down, you know, and in your drugged up state, you're kind of in a panic. And uh, I had called Charlie Rose and I said, hey, Charlie, you know, I want you to pick me up because um, it was supposed <laughs> yeah. to, I, was, I was just supposed to be there and go. I'll be out and, front uh, in the blue gown. That's know, right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, all night long, you know, watching that tower go down on TV because I couldn't sleep. I probably watched it a hundred times come down yeah. and boy, when it got to be nine o'clock and I was supposed to be discharged and Charlie was going to be there, 
I got out of bed and got dressed and uh, waited for Charlie to come. And as I was doing that, there was this um, a woman in a burqa come walking through the, the hallway with a paper bag. And I was like, where's Charlie? Where's Charlie? Get me <laughs> oh out of God. here. Yeah. You know, I was still kind of drugged up. So, yeah, yeah, that was the, um, and like you said, you know, in 2000, 2001, I was clipping along, you know, we'd go out for 10 mile runs at sub seven minute pace and 20 mile runs. And I ran Boston and I ran, I think I went to Cleveland again. You know, I was trying to, oh, I think I went to, you know, didn't I go to Kiowa with, uh, yeah. Dewey, with, with Dewey Sloan and, uh, Charlie you know, struggled through and, uh, I thought I was going to run pretty fast at, at Honolulu. But like I said, once the knees started hurting, you know, and the, I can remember that race too. 13 miles. I was probably going 6:45 pace. And then the knees started hurting. And I said, Oh, the next mile took me 10 minutes. And I said, well, I know Patty, my wife runs or walks at 12 minute pace. I can surely, I can walk in at 12 minute pace. The next mile took me 12 minutes and then the next mile took me 15 minutes. And then I started going like, holy smokes. Well, I could tell you the last mile took me 22 minutes. By that time, my yeah. wife had left the, the finish area. She had gone back to the hotel because she figured somehow she had missed me. And I walked nah. back to the hotel, which was a mile away. Oh, man. Just, oh, my gosh. It was excruciating. So I bet. Well, let me take it to uh, to, to to more uplifting uh, notes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let, let me jump it back. Cause, I mean, heck, we got, you know, what, 100 people moving to town a day, and many of whom, self-included, were not here in 1989. Uh, throw us back to 1989 and Charlotte, North Carolina, probably about the size of Mobile out at the time, and you looked around and said, you know what, this would be an awesome place for a running store. What did the running scene look like? And what made you say this was going to be a place to start a business in running? Yeah. Well, um, my history before that, I, I had left upstate New York. Um, my marriage had come apart. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. That's not more, more uplifting. But um, I took a job with Athletic Attic. In a, um, mm -hmm. They moved me to Franklin, Ohio. And I was, you know, I went from being working at Remington Arms, being a foreman uh, machine operator and all of that stuff to uh, being a manager of a small store in Franklin, Ohio. And I, I worked there for about six months and they said, hey, we got a bigger store in Columbia, South Carolina. So we loaded up the truck and we moved to Beverly. We moved to uh, <laughs> South Carolina to Columbia. And I, I ran that store for them. And then they said, wow, you're doing a really good job here. Uh, let's move you to uh, Reston, Ohio, uh, Reston, Virginia, up near DC. So mm -hmm. we went to one of the largest stores that Athletic Attic had. And I had great success, of course, with my wife, uh, Patty, at the time we had started, uh, we got married actually in Columbia. So she was a former uh, retailer, she worked for Tops and Bottoms, and she helped me kind of make that store one of the most successful stores that Athletic Attic had. But I wasn't getting compensated, I felt like, um, uh, the way I should have been because I was running the store. I was hiring, firing. Mm -hmm. I was doing all the work. It was a great 
uh, way to learn the business. Sure, sure. I had a friend, Joe Denany, who lived in Charlotte, and I had come up and run the Charlotte Marathon. And uh, we kind of looked around, and I, I knew uh, Gary Church had this, his store, American Athletics, and he'd gone through a lot of changes, and he was out at the mall. And here's what happened with the, with the running stores. Um, running stores started out with Athletic Attic, Fidipides, some of these smaller companies who were trying to bring product to runners. And that's what my biggest concern was. How do we get product to runners? Well, we started as when I was working for Athletic Attic, we were in the Fair Oaks Mall. And the Fair Oaks Mall is one of this beautiful upscale mall. And of course, now we weren't catering to runners. We were just catering to people who were looking for sportswear. Okay. Yeah, and right. in fact, fashion the, that that period i was there the redskins were doing real well that's when doug williams won the super bowl and that winter we oh, sold more redskin yeah. gear than we sold running gear you know we were just selling sweatshirts <laughs> and stuff that said redskins on it and i said this is right. what i want to do you know i've got the knowledge to run a store and i actually at the time i had marty laquari he was one of my friends at the time he's the one one of the ones that started after yeah he came in the store and uh, he was looking around and he said, you know, I've been trying to find these dolphin running shorts that I'm real uh, keen on. He said, you know, I think what we ought to do is open a running store. <laughs> and I was like, right. for, for the, for the unchurched Larry reminded not the Miami dolphins, but dolphin was a super huge popular brand of running shorts and popular brand, back in the the day. Split you know, inexpensive, you know, everybody had a pair yeah. of dolphin shorts, you totally. know, they were just the first, one of the first running shorts, yeah. and, you know, like totally. just, I said, Holy smokes, you know, he wants to open a running store. I thought that's what he did, you know? <laughs> and so I started looking around and I found this woman, Sally Edwards, who owned, uh, Actually, I had another friend who opened a Fleet Feet Sports, and Sally was interested in back getting back to our roots, you know, selling running gear and giving yeah. out running information and coaching and setting up races. And you know, back when I was back when I was even in in uh, New York, um, I was interested in starting races. You know, the Frankfurt Fair. We set up 8K. We had an 8K there. I set up the Adam Helmer Marathon. You know, I was the race director of all these small races there. And then as I moved from Columbia, I was president of the running club there and worked with the Governor's Cup. And I saw the, mm-hmm. the interest that you could gain and the, the, uh, the influence that you could have on the running community and kind of give things back but making sure that you could have the right, imp- the right gear to uh, work out. And not just the gear, but the you know, the knowledge of, uh, and this, you know, the knowledge I have is all anecdotal. You know, it's like I, I ran a hundred miles a week. I had plantar fasciitis, you know, I can tell you all about that. You know, I've pulled, you know, I've strained my, uh, yeah. hamstring. I can tell you how we can get past that. You know, you want to run a, a marathon. I can tell you what you need to do to run the marathon. You know, these are the things that I learned uh, over the, you know, running my whole life. I mean, I've been running since I can remember my first race was I was in sixth grade and we were having a afternoon off. It was a kind of a picnic for sixth graders or whatever. And my friend said to me, Hey, let's race a mile. And I was like, okay. 
because I, you know, <laughs> running around, I ran all over the place. And we start circling the track. Well, we had a fifth of a mile track. So about the fourth lap, you know, we were just kind of running together. All of a sudden he got in his mind, he was going to beat me. Okay. And I was like, crap, this guy wants to race, you know? And uh, he did beat me, Vernon Wallaber. He beat me to the finish. <laughs> Vernon. And, uh, he, he, ended up going, he ended up going to high school at Herkimer High School, and I beat him a bunch of times after that. But, you know, regardless, you know, I've yeah. been running since sixth grade, and, you know, we lived yeah. up in the country. If I wanted to get to my friend Gary's house, I had to take off and run there. Yep. That was how my parents were working. Yeah. So. Well, so and just – and just FYI, guys, Charlotte was literally in 1989, looking at the census data here, Charlotte was literally smaller than half the size it is now, 435,000 people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was but, so you know, a much smaller different. town. There was a lot of stuff going on here, though. You know, the Hornets. Sure. You know, you know it looked like to me this yeah. was the place to be. And I had, you know, I had some friends here, Patty's brother, David, who had moved from new york with me but we kind of split up because he wanted to go into uh criminal justice i think originally but uh you know he ended up being a physical therapist but he was in school <laughs> when when we went to columbia he stayed in columbia to go to school there at usc so gotcha you know um, so Man. fast forward that's you end what up in brought, charlotte. that's what brought me to charlotte and and sally you know i called sally edwards and i said sally um i want to open a Fleet Feet Sports, because at the time, in order to get a like a Nike account or some of the bigger accounts, you had to be mm -hmm. associated with it. You know, you they weren't just going to sell them to Larry, the guy. They were going to sell them to Fleet Feet Sports. They were going to sell you their shoes sure, to sure. Fleet Feet Sports. Um, so Sally came to Charlotte, and uh, we drove around town, and we picked a place over there at the shops at Twin Oaks on East Boulevard, and mm -hmm. I said, you know what? We're moving here. That's it. I, well, I walked away from um, Athletic Attic and uh, never looked back. We had we had one of those uh, "Just yeah. Do It" signs, and I we I had a Mitsubishi van at the time, and I hung that up in the back back window. And Patty and I just did it. We came to Charlotte. <laughs> that was his marketing and advertising budget there. The cost of that sign. <laughs> so uh, it was free. I went over. One of my one of my favorite stories that you've told is the grand opening and having bill rogers and the huge crowd that that would bring tell, yeah. us, tell us about that well, i was convinced yeah i was convinced you know i had a friend uh kevin ray who worked for brooks and uh he he was lining bill rogers up for some events and mm -hmm. bill was coming to the charlotte observer marathon that year and I said, could you get him to come to my grand opening? Because we were going to open in December, December 1st, 1989. And uh, <laughs> we put out some little flyers, you know, and I said, oh, we're going to have, you know, I advertised it at the Observer, you know, the expo. And I said, we're going to have 10,000 people over there on East Boulevard. And the guy <laughs> at shops at Twin Oaks, he catered to all this food and, um, Bill was late getting there. And I was like, oh, where's Bill? Where's all the people? You know, I had a few of my closest friends there. You know, we probably had 20 people in there. The Morrisons who were run, doing the running journal at the time. And uh, Kevin Ray, he was in town for it. And I had some friends 
uh, who would come down to run the marathon. So we had about 20 people there. And Jordan was uh, one year old at the time. And uh, Bill was late and he didn't come. <laughs> well, all of a sudden, Bill shows up. And uh, we had planned on going for a run. And, you know, you know, Bill, if you've ever seen Bill, he's the friendliest guy. You know, he's kept opening his eyes real wide. And um, he was a, gr a great ambassador for our sport. He really was. Well, he wasn't deterred at all that there were only 20 people there. But I was freaked out. And so we got our running clothes on and we went down. We ran around Freedom Park and we came back up and. Uh, Bill spent the whole afternoon uh, that evening there with Jordan on his lap. And he, I've, I've got some video of that. It's really interesting stuff. You know, he was holding my one-year-old child. And, That's awesome. And he just wanted to know what was going on in our life. And, you know, he was a great guy. Yeah. Awesome. And so, you know, the, the, um, the run for your life story was, was kind of born a few, few years later. I mean, that was the origin of it as a fleet feat. Uh, probably in the early nineties, I think when I first met you, you were, um, <clears throat> kind of buying your way out of the fleet feet because at that time they were really a West coast operation. They hadn't yeah. uh, come into the East coast. They had a change of ownership. I know Sally, um, sold it to, uh, Tom, Tom Rainer, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, w when I first met you, uh, I remember one of the first things that uh, you, you t I, I said, so you're changing the name to the store. What, what, what are you going to call it? And you said, you know, I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. <laughs> 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 and, and I kind of thought you were half serious because if, if you know, Larry, he will give you the, literally give you the shirt off his back. But you know, he, he, uh, he takes, he's like me, he takes a little bit of while to warm up. Uh, and you kind of wonder if he really likes you or not, but I've always enjoyed the relationship. And I thought that was kind of fun. You went over to the coffee shop and got a coffee every morning before you went to the store uh, there on East Boulevard. And um, it, it, you really took me under your wing uh, and helped me get in the event business. Uh, and then in 2003, you decided to retire. You had enough of retail and, uh, uh, you, you were generous and kind enough to, you know, give me a shot at retail. And, um, that finally came to be in, uh, in January of 2003. Uh, and then, uh, as many of you might know, I recently sold my, uh, interest in the retail stores run for your life, but what a legacy to, to start, you know, you were really the first, running specialty store not athletic you know athletic store it was a true running specialty store focused only on running today there's gosh there's got to be 14 or 15 stores in the charlotte market that really focus on catering to runners and so you know you were the genesis of all that uh in in charlotte and that's that's a huge uh, uh legacy to to have uh, to, to you and to Patty. And I, I know a lot of people talk about you and think of you as kind of the front man, but, uh, as many of us know, front men aren't any good without the, the woman stand behind us. Yeah. I uh, couldn't have done all the things I did without, uh, you know, the push and pull from my wife. I got a on my 
<laughs> she I just bet. came back. From, <laughs> she just came back She's from like, the gym. So we'll yeah. include her in our podcast. Uh, but you know, here, here's uh, here's my wife, Patty. Hi, Hi. Patty. <laughs> hey, Patty. <laughs> Oh my god! I'm so sorry. I'm eating. But yeah, just, we've we've really kind of you know we worked together and learned the business together. You know, back like I said, she worked for this company called Tops and Bottoms for the longest time, and she was a retail manager. So you know, she kind of snapped the whip on me and said, you know, this is how things need to happen, and you know, we we've been a great team. And yeah. Tops and Bottoms for folks who are not from way back Charlotte, that was not a strip club. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. I just want to make sure, because you know, we a lot of new people live in Charlotte, Patty. I just want to make sure that you know everybody. <laughs> this is all in the up and up. Oh, that's hysterical, Patty, <laughs> Patty. If there's if there's one thing you would say about Larry, um, what would it be? Because I, you know, I feel like I owe what I've done for the last twenty five years to Larry. Um, you know, as whether it's as a husband or a, you know, a, a, a teacher or a leader, what's the one thing that kind of you think of when you think of Larry? Right. Well, and, and I think, uh, Tim, you really hit on spot just saying when Larry has friends from when he was a child, like growing up and he holds on to his friendships and has friends almost in every state you go to. Friends, you know, friends and family are everything to him and there's nothing he wouldn't do for either. And I think that's why, like Tim, he's still your friend and yeah. and everyone in Charlotte knows that if there's anything they need, call Larry and you know that he'll always be there for you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just a great friend and obviously a great husband and father yeah. um, couldn't be better. You know that. Yeah, I, yeah. I do know that. And, you know, the, the relationship has always been important to Larry, to your point about whether it's friendship, father, husband, teacher, it, it's really the relational piece that yeah. he's focused on. And, you know, you don't get too many people like how many people really enjoy teaching middle school math. He loved it. And he's <laughs> passionate about it. And he, you know, there's frustration when kids don't take time to learn because he wants oh, them to man. learn. So, um, yeah. father of, uh, three kids, right? Kara, Larry, and yeah. Jordan, and yeah. grandfather to how six many? Grand, yeah, six grandchildren. Six grandkids. Came back from New York. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I, stuff, there's man. so much Good to stuff. cover, Larry. Um, would you join us again uh, in a, in a yeah, couple sure. months? And, I, you know, yeah, I'm sorry. You know, we've been kind of on the move. We just came back from a, another trip up to New York, and uh, I, I don't even know what day it is. Tell you the truth. <laughs> uh, um, and I kind of, you know, I, I said to myself a couple of days ago, yeah, it's the third, it's the third. And then uh, the third was here and I was out, I was headed up to the Subaru dealership and that's all right. And uh, I'm glad you guys were able to catch me, you yeah, know, so it's all good. Keep I, we are too, man. I, I usually, I usually check my emails in the, in my tech. <laughs> Let me have that dog. Hey, I got one more, one more guy you have to meet because he's, he's still winning. <laughs> Is that Brewster? It's Brewster. <laughs> Hello, Brewster. So Brewster was, he was whining because Patty was paying attention to us and not paying attention to him. So. Dog does that uh, too. I appreciate that. And just so you know, uh, uh, Larry, that Brewster is on this show two weeks from now. So it'll be a separate episode. Yeah. So. Right. Okay. okay. Have his own podcast. Well, yeah. So yeah. Contact me. I'm sorry. 
you guys that I was a little bit late. Now, I, I want to talk about the Earth Day Marathon and your victory in that. Your third place finish in New York City when they ran laps around Central Park and some of your other running accomplishments that, like, 100 marathons. That's crazy. So I'd, I'd love to explore that for some of these listeners and uh, some of our fans. So thank you guys very much, Patty and Larry Frederick. What a team. I And I know you would both say that that it it takes you as a team and we really appreciate you we appreciate what you've done for running in charlotte if you hadn't set that in motion in 1989 gosh i don't i don't know where we'd be so thank you guys very much all right thanks all right right. talk soon guys the running around charlotte podcast is presented by the novon health charlotte marathon One day, five events, with a race day distance for every goal and pace. Registration and more information is available at runcharlotte.com. The Running Around Charlotte podcast is brought to you by Pinnacle Financial Partners and produced in partnership with Well Run Media and Marketing. New episodes are available every week, anywhere you listen to podcasts.